chapter nine of blackthorn farm by arthur applin this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine a proposal the news of his son's arrest did not reach john dale at once though rupert could have written or wired to him he naturally refrained from doing so the longer his father and sister remained in ignorance of the crime of which he was accused the better bad news spreads quickly enough and he wanted ruby to remain in ignorance too it was fortunate he had burnt her postcard as quickly as he did he had not answered it and unless she wrote again when she left paris he would not know her address it was from the lips of sir reginald crichton's son that john dale eventually learnt of rupert's arrest in crichton's mind there was little doubt but that rupert was guilty of altering the cheque and he pitied the proud old farmer from the bottom of his heart for sir reginald also had an only son one in whom all his hopes were centred he could enter into john dale's feelings and he knew how this blow would strike him so he wrote to his son jim who was fortunately at postbridge hall on leave and asked him to break the news as best he could though father and son had no secrets from one another jim had not yet told his father of his love for marjorie dale he himself knew there were many reasons against a definite announcement of their engagement he was still young needless to say he could not live on his pay and though his father made him an allowance it barely covered his expenses flying was an expensive game and like all men attached to the royal flying corps jim's energy and keenness knew no bounds he was always experimenting trying new engines building new machines giving the benefit of his experience to his corps and his country and there was marjorie's side of the question and her point of view to be considered being both so young having both been brought up in natural healthy surroundings it was impossible for them to hide their feelings from one another and before he was aware of it jim had confessed his love and read a corresponding confession in marjorie's eyes it was not until afterwards when quietly and soberly he thought out their position and considered the question of their marriage that he realized love was all in all to a woman but to him while he had his profession it would only be part of his life and that at present his life was not his own not only did it belong to his country but he risked it almost daily for that reason alone he felt he could not tie marjorie down to a formal engagement sir reginald crichton little knew the effect his letter telling his son all about the altered check and rupert dale's arrest would have on him had he guessed he might not have written it he asked him to break the news to poor old john dale to tell him that he sir reginald was seeing his son had the best legal advice that could be obtained and to advise dale to come up to london immediately it was with a heavy heart that jim crichton walked over to blackthorn farm early in the morning after he received sir reginald's letter it was not an easy or a pleasant job to tell another man's father that his only son had been arrested on a criminal charge he was rather annoyed with his father for not writing direct to dale for after all he could only blurt the news out in a way that might hurt more than if it had been conveyed by letter 
youth must always be a little egotistical and a little selfish and what troubled jim most of all was the shock the news would give to the woman he loved and the effect it might have on their love and their future life if rupert dale were guilty jim crichton was a soldier and so could not help being a little conventional and having more respect sometimes for the opinion of others than his own opinion he had to consider what the world thought and said he knew he would have to consider his own position as well as his father's and he knew as he walked along the banks of the purling dart in which rupert and he had often fished together as boys that before seeing marjorie and telling her he would have to make up his mind as to the position he would take up in this wretched affair if her brother were found guilty he knew it meant that the dales would be ruined probably financially as well as socially in the west country a social sin is never forgiven never forgotten they would have to leave devonshire and go far away and he might never see marjorie again he halted sat down on a giant boulder and looked across the bleak moorland to blackthorn farm not a quarter of a mile away at that moment he realized for the first time how deeply he loved marjorie dale better than anyone else in the world more than anyone else in the world she even came before his profession it was with a shock he discovered this but he had to confess it to himself he could not give her up not even though her brother were convicted of being a criminal and sent to prison it was a glorious summer day the sun was rising in the cloudless blue sky a gentle wind brought the scent of gorse here and there streaks of purple showed in red heather where it had burst into bloom now and then a trout leapt with a noisy splash in the pool at his feet a long time james crichton sat on the granite boulder lost in thought trying to look at the thing from every point of view arguing and reasoning with himself no matter what happened he could not give up marjorie if he had only considered his own feelings it might have been possible even though it meant a broken heart but she loved him he belonged to her she looked to him for her future life and happiness she had done no wrong why should she he asked himself suffer for her brother's sin he could save her even though it meant humbling himself even though it meant giving up the profession he loved he knew the decision to which he had come would hurt his father terribly but if it came to a choice between him and marjorie he knew he should choose the woman who was destined to be his mate the girl the whole of whose life lay before her rather than the man his own father whose life had been lived it was a terrible choice perhaps a strange one but jim instinctively felt he was right so deep was his reverie that he did not hear a light step on the grassy ground a hand was laid on his shoulder and he started looked up and found marjorie smiling into his face my dear he cried jumping to his feet my dearest he took her in his arms with a passion she had never felt before and held her so fiercely that she would have cried out with the pain had she not loved him as she did 
jim you frighten me and i thought to frighten you she panted when he released her you don't know how strong you are she glanced at him her cheeks scarlet the love and dawn of passion swimming in her eyes she wore no hat and her hair shone in the golden sunshine her neck and arms were bare and her short workmanlike skirt showed her tiny well-bred ankles and long narrow feet jim looked at her silently hungrily slowly her color fled and she came close to him again holding out her hands is anything wrong without replying he put his arm around her and led her away toward blackthorn farm someone lounging on post bridge might see them a laborer in the fields or a farmer on the hills who would carry the news back to his cottage at night that he had seen the young master of post bridge hall making love to old john dale's daughter but he did not care now everyone should soon know that they loved and that marjorie was to be his affianced wife he told her as gently as he could what had happened of course he made as light of it as possible assuring her that rupert would be released and the affair cleared up satisfactorily that's why the governor wrote to me instead of your father and asked me to tell him and see him off to london he was afraid if he wrote mr dale would put the worst construction possible on the affair it's quite a common thing for a man to be arrested by mistake on some scraps of evidence the police get hold of don't you worry marjorie you've got to leave all the worrying to me in the future she tried to smile and press his hand but the happiness had left her eyes and her face was very pale now i'm frightened she whispered i can't help it jim if father goes to london i must go with him but james crichton shook his head that's just what you mustn't do that friend of rupert's i saw the other day will see him safely up to town despard was his name wasn't it i suppose he's still here marjorie nodded yes he and rupert had made some discovery in the old tin mine they were awfully excited about it she tried to laugh they were going to find radium and make a fortune i believe i heard them say something about it oh jim we were so happy and everything seemed to be turning out so well and now this has happened rupert i can't be true of course i know it isn't true it will kill father jim forced himself to laugh my dear we shall have him back here within a week you mustn't think anything more about it there's something else i wanted to tell you i'm going to announce our engagement at once she looked at him with unbelieving eyes almost as if she could not understand then she shook her head not now jim we must wait until until rupert's free this charge against him disproved he shook his head and stopping held her in his arms again darling if by any chance the worst should happen it would make no difference to our love nothing would force me to give you up that's why i'm going to announce our engagement now now while this thing is hanging over our heads again she would have protested but he silenced her i've made up my mind nothing can change it holding her hand he led her forward and opened the gate that led into the farmhouse garden as they entered they saw despard lounging in a chair on the lawn reading the morning newspaper a pipe between his lips he glanced up as they entered smiled at marjorie and without taking the pipe from his lips or rising gave jim crichton a curt nod bounder was the latter's silent ejaculation but he saw old john dale standing in the doorway so giving marjorie's hand a gentle pressure he left her telling mr dale he had something to say to him in private he entered the dining-room you bring me bad news of my son dale said quietly i know it 
how did you jim asked off his guard surely it hasn't gotten into the local papers dale stepped forward instantly then gripping the back of his chair sat down so it's true he said in a broken voice it's true he gave a mirthless laugh jim tried to speak but the words refused to come he would have done anything to spare the father of the girl he loved he would have borrowed the money from his father hushed the affair up and repaid the bank he would have done anything it's true he has been arrested jim said after he had given the old man time to recover himself but i'm quite sure he will be able to prove his innocence i know my father thinks so too indeed he himself is employing the best legal advice he can obtain and we'll see he is given every chance of defending himself we want you to come up to town if you will sir and if possible to catch the train to-day he glanced at the grandfather clock in a corner of the room there is one that leaves newton abbott about two-thirty i think i can motor you in i am sure mr despard will accompany you john dale shook his head slowly to and fro yes i must go up i must see him he whispered he rose to his feet and held out his hand you're too good mr james i'm afraid i'm afraid you needn't be jim interrupted quickly rupert's innocent i'll swear anyway we'll see to him and see that justice is done yes that's so justice must be done at all costs john dale raised his head and looked proudly at sir reginald crichton's son the latter took his hand and shook it warmly then i'll be round with the motor in about an hour's time perhaps you'll warn mr despard that you'll want him to go with you anyway under the circumstances he could not be left here alone with your daughter could he he walked to the door then stopped there's something else i would like to say sir though it may not seem quite the moment i love your daughter marjorie i hope to make her my wife with your permission i should like to announce our engagement at once it was a long time before dale replied that's impossible now but i thank you mr crichton it is just the sort of thing i-i would have expected from sir reginald's son the old man broke down then and jim saw tears coursing down the lined and furrowed cheeks he bit his lip it's not impossible sir i want to announce the engagement now now at this moment while this charge is hanging over your son's head do you think a thing like that would make any difference to my love for your daughter it's at this moment she wants my love and the protection of my name and she shall have it without waiting for a reply he opened the door dale stopped him i ought to tell you he said unsteadily that last night mr despard rupert's friend made the same request he told me he loved marjorie and asked for her hand what did you say of course i refused dale replied why they've only known each other a few days but putting that aside i'm afraid i dislike and distrust the man i feel he's one of the men who has led my son into bad ways he bent over the table and bowed his head between his hands again there was a long silence you have no objection to me as a son-in-law mr dale surely that question needs no answer but please say no more now leave me mr james quietly closing the door behind him jim walked out of the house into the garden taking no notice of mr despard he drew marjorie aside and told her what had happened i am driving your father and mr despard to newton abbott in about an hour's time when i come back we'll have a little run in the car tea together at morton hampstead perhaps 
or better still we'll go over to hay tor and have a picnic on our own cheer up darling all will be well i know bending down he kissed her in full view of robert despard the latter scrunched the western morning news up between his hands with an oath waving a farewell to marjorie jim swung through the gate and hurried across the moorlands toward postbridge hall an hour later he was driving both john dale and mr robert despard to newton abbott junction and he could not help feeling some satisfaction when the train carried the latter gentleman away from devonshire back to london End of chapter 9